0: Well, I'm stoked to be here with you, setting God's Word, opening God's Word with you this morning. I'm Jake. I'm one of the pastors here. I get to hang out with the high school, middle school students on a weekly basis. It's uh, it's like the best, right, Lane? Great. Awesome. He said it's great. So there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, I also get to stand up here and, and talk from God's Word and encourage us, and and also within my own self, be deeply challenged. From his word. And so we're going to continue uh, our hallways series um, as we've been in this summer, um, where there are places, these are hallways where the Holy Spirit is active. Uh, the series isn't an exhaustive list, nor is it a mandatory list for you to be a better Christian. You don't have to engage in all of these things that we've been talking about through the summer. But these are options you as a Christ follower to experience God, to be transformed by him in different ways. And so this morning, uh, just a warning, it's going to look a whole lot different, okay? We're, we're going to jump straight away into the thick of it, and then, uh, well, you'll see what will happen afterwards, okay? On the edge of your seat, what is going to happen, right? But first, I want to let you in a little bit. Um, I want you you to see a little bit of the Jake struggle. Um, And this is a live struggle. Uh, I'm still in it. uh, So it's kind of messy. And it may not come out cleanly. Uh, There's no fancy illustration for you this morning, church family, of a struggle that I had in the past week that resulted in a resolution that brings clarity and peace to my life And now I get to relay that to you? No. No, I don't have that for you this morning. I'm still in the thick of this. And I'm praying that the Lord will continue His work in me through this this trial. But as for now, this morning, it's a mess. I'm I'm a mess. I've, I've been up and I've been down. I've been happy and joyful and I've been hopeless and discouraged. And for the past two weeks... Things didn't really go as I expected them to go. I was really hoping to have worked through this fully and have it already kind of done. Kind of sounds like a me problem, doesn't it? Somewhere along the way, I heard, uh, I heard this cool pastor, and he, he asked it this way. "Who, Who is the main character in your story? Who's the main character in your story? I already know in my head, because I grew up in the church and I went to Bible school and all this, I already know in my head that the main character of the story, of my story, should be... Okay, we'll we'll try it again, because y'all right, but it needs to be confidently said. The main character of my story really ought to be... Nice job, guys. Well done. Okay. And I know this... And some weeks, he totally is the main character of my story. And then others, like the past two weeks, this guy's been the main character. When hardships and trials come, I'm often quick to turn inwards towards self-preservation rather than turning upwards to God and the source of life. We, uh, on Sunday and Wednesday nights, we just wrapped up our our series in the book of Jonah. Um, We've been studying with our middle and high school students, and uh, fun fact, the book of Jonah is not actually about Jonah. Wow, thank you. (laughs) The purpose is not all about the disobedient prophet guy who can't do nothing right and gets swallowed up by a big old fish. It's not the point of Jonah. The purpose of rather this beautifully constructed book, this historical piece of literature in God's word, is to stop and examine our own hearts and our minds, fighting or finding rather that more often than not, you and I are in fact the Jonah guy, living in opposition to God's plan for our daily lives, missing out on opportunities being straight up disobedient because what God's asking me to do where he's asking me to go is just uncomfortable. That's not for me. It's not in my plan. Again, a me problem. Rendering me hopeless and discouraged. Church family, I believe that's exactly where God is having me, Jake, to be with you this morning so that we can wander into this hallway together. So let's open up God's Word. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 33. It's the second book of the uh, Bible, second book of the Old Testament, chapter 33. And we're going to be starting in verse 7. If you need help finding Exodus, there's this cool uh, thing in the front called the table of contents. It gives you the page number, bammo. So, uh, chapter 33, verse 7 of Exodus is where we're going to start this morning. And it says this, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he'd gone into the tent. And then when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of clouds standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship God, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face-to-face as a man speaks with his friend. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, a young guy, son of Nun, would not depart from the tent. Exodus 33, 7 through 11 there. This is Israel wandering through the desert. This is our context here. And this is about the tent of meeting. God's people, they've been wandering through the desert because they just got delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, right? In Egypt. And they're currently wandering through this wilderness, a place of like, we ain't there yet because we got a lot more to learn kind of thing. A place where I know pretty well. Um, And they're wandering through this wilderness and throughout their journey, Moses, uh, their leader, he's setting up this tent on the outside, far away from the hustle and the bustle and the busyness of the daily camp life to set apart a meeting place to be with God, a place to go and meet with God. People could go and meet with God, but more significantly in this passage, Moses would go and this cloud that God's presence represented in would come down and descend upon this tent and God would speak with Moses It's important the Lord would speak with Moses. It wasn't Moses just entering the tent with his um, laundry list of issues and just talking at God. Maybe that rings true for you, it does for me. Talking at God and then saying amen and then bouncing. No, the Lord spoke here. Moses went away from the busyness of life to hear from God. Uh, A commentator found said it this way. Moses is Uh, Moses modeled this practice, not in order to be a model, but because it was the very source of his life. When people saw it happen, it arrested their attention, and they rose to their feet. The witness of true holiness is palpable. Everyone that knew Moses' holiness obviously didn't come from himself or his practices or even his prayer life. It came from the Lord God who abided in the cloud. His source of life was going out and being fueled up in that tent by listening to God and hearing from God. Moses went away from the busyness of life to hear from the source of life. Y'all, we could, we could just camp out in this passage this morning because there's a lot to it, but we got more to go. So, if you would now turn with me to the New Testament, we're going to go to the book of Luke in chapter 5. We got a lot more in this hallway to explore. So, Luke chapter 5. Luke is the second book of the New Testament. We're just in the second book of the Old Testament. Oh, thank you. You guys are paying attention. I wasn't. It's okay. You corrected me. Thank you. (laughs) Luke is the third book of the New Testament. Um, And we're going to be in chapter 5, starting in verse 15, but we're going to land in verse 16. Um, Jesus, in this text, he just healed a leprous man, and he's busy uh, with the beginning weeks of his ministry. And we find in chapter 5, verse 15, saying this, but now even more, The report about Jesus went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Verse 16, but Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. But Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. As a regular rhythm of his life, of his ministry, Jesus would go away and be in solitude with God. Throughout the gospel accounts of Jesus' life and ministry, we see examples of this. I'm just going to go through a few here. They'll be on the screen for you. In Mark chapter 1, it says, At once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the desert, and he was in the desert 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. In solitude with God, fasting and praying. Later in Mark's account, chapter 1, verse 35, says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then in Luke 6, we find Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and he spent the whole night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them to follow closely. All night in solitude praying. And in Matthew's account of when Jesus heard what happened, that his cousin John the Baptist was then beheaded, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place, a solitary place to be with God and mourn. And then in John chapter 6, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. There's a pattern In Jesus' life, over and over and over, we see Jesus going away from the busyness to pray. Away from the busyness of life to hear from the source of life. See, the busyness for Jesus, the busyness of life, it pushed him towards prayer, not away from it. Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. If Jesus, the God-man himself, needed a break, needed to step out and be alone with God, how much more do you and I need it today? The God-man Jesus, setting aside time for solitude with God, when he had three-year ministry going, he put importance on that solitude because it was his life source to God. Which brings us to our hallway this morning where the Holy Spirit's active, silence and solitude. That's where we're going to camp out, and that's what we're going to practice today. Really, the, the idea of silence and solitude, or maybe a less uh, alliterated version, the quiet and alone time um, that not many parents of toddlers get, am I right? Okay, amen, I got an amen, that's good. Okay, quiet and alone time, silence and solitude is counter- to the carefully controlled American comfort that is presented to us at about every turn. And this is something I struggle with. Busying myself, making sure my plans, my designs, the way that I logically um, think things make sense to me, working out, it brings me great comfort. Momentary comfort, sure. Maybe even less than comfort sometimes. But I, And I know in my head that stopping and pausing and waiting on God is, is WWJD. It's what Jesus would do. Going away in solitude, silently waiting to hear from God, humbling myself to sit with him, to hear from him, his design, his plans, that's where I should be. The tent of meeting. The desolate place. And I know this in my head, like I was talking about earlier. I know this in my head because a couple of years ago, I was encouraged by my mentor to go away. Not from the meeting that I was with him at, not to just leave because it was annoying. No, but to go away in silence and solitude for a day. A whole day. It was a long time and it was intense. But you know what? I came away from that day of being silent and alone with God, feeling refreshed and renewed, alive and purpose-driven. And because it was such a success, another time I went away, probably about a year ago, to a, a desolate place, a quiet place, with some hiking trails. And when... when when I needed the Lord's help, I went to him and I asked him to come alongside me in a decision that I was being presented with, something that I was just really stressing about. I was nervous. I was a nervous wreck. It was stressed out my brain until I went in solitude and silence. I went away from the busyness of life to hear from the source of life. I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not promoting escapism here. Just... A balanced and healthy spiritual life. If Jesus decided that that was important to do, shouldn't I? And so uh, a couple sermons ago, Derek preached up here about breaking the holy man myth. you guys remember that? Okay? Some of us. <laughs> breaking that holy man myth. Well, silence and solitude isn't just for the Moseses and the Jesuses and the pastors. Okay, it's for all of you who have God's Holy Spirit living within you and yourselves then desiring to enter into a hallway where the Holy Spirit's active, the hallway of silence and solitude. It's a hallway where distraction is left behind, where your heart and your mind are engaged to listen, where if you were to enter it, soul transformation is likely. Trials are mediated. Decisions are made clear. And humility can be amplified. The Holy Spirit in your time of silence and solitude may give you a word or a phrase. May give you an introspective question and it may not even come immediately or in big bold font. The Spirit wants to... Give you a word. And we know that in the case of the great prophet Elijah found in 1 Kings 19 back in the Old Testament. We won't go there. But maybe you remember the story where he goes up on top of the mountain and this great wind passes by him. He's, here to, he's there to hear from the Lord. This great wind passes by him and the, the Lord's words are not in the wind. This earthquake comes and shakes the mountain. The Lord's words were not in the earthquake. This great fire erupts. The Lord's words were not in the fire. They were in the low whisper. That's why silence and solitude. Because often God's voice is not in the busyness that we are all, all of us involved in. Often his voice is not in the big things happening all around us, but rather in the still small voice. Silently awaiting his word. And oftentimes, like with Elijah's example, the word of the Lord is, it's not a statement. Maybe it's maybe not a list of instructions that he downloads into your brain sickle. And then you got, and you're like, I can go and do this now. But rather it's often a simple question that he asks. He asks Elijah this. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Did that give Elijah all the answers? No. But it caused him to engage his head and his heart because it's in great questioning that we might grow and in growth, transformation towards Christ. Well, uh, that's enough for me uh, this morning, okay? Okay. Um, we're going to do things a little differently, like I said, okay? Um, so instead of responding in some worship songs, instead of a bit of a longer sermon, you're getting a short one, okay? Because I want us, as a church family, to take the next, like, 15, 20 minutes for each of us to engage in this silence and solitude, to, for each of us to engage in this, in this hallway now, for you introverts, you're stoked. Yes. Finally. For you extroverts, you can do it. I believe in you. I felt the groans, okay? Oh, silence, solitude. No, we'll come back together at the end, and you can, you can chat with your, your friends. But I want us to set aside this time for silence and solitude. We have this incredible campus here at Faith Church uh, that God has blessed us with. And the the goal in the next 15, 20 minutes is to go away and be alone with God. Alone with God, not with your spouse or your best buddy, alone with God. Please don't miss this opportunity to just go, oh, church is over early. (laughs) I'm going to go to lunch, right? Don't go in your car and drive off and go to lunch early. We set aside time in this worship gathering in your normal time so that you might have silence and solitude with God. This may be your first time or your a thousandth to be still and quiet and alone before God. In this campus, you can wander down the hall to the chapel. There's great places to sit there. You can wander outside into the big field that we have out back and just kind of wander around outside. There's, there's an outdoor amphitheater behind the youth building that you can sit and, and be with God in. Um, there's empty rooms upstairs. If you go up the stairs, there's some empty rooms up there that you can be in uh, and find a lone space. Or you can just scatter in here in your seats and just be alone with God. Wherever you choose, there will be no music playing. There'll be no noises, just ambient sound for you to truly quiet the distractions and reflect on God and what he has for you. So put, put that phone in your pocket or just leave it on your seat when you go out. It's a, it's a distraction. I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave it right here. Okay? And so, uh, but at the end, at 1115, we're going to conclude. You can come back here. Um, And we'll stop the silence and the solitude, uh, and you can continue on to lunch, Um, but the choice is yours. This is a time for you to be away from the busyness of life, to hear from the source of life. This is a time for you to be outside of the busyness and the loud and the chaos, and to engage in the quiet and the solitude, to hear from the source of life, God himself. And maybe for some of you, you're like, what do we do structurally? What what does this look like, Jake? Okay, so when it comes to structure in the solitude, there's uh, instructions on the screen. um, And there's handouts in the back tables so that if you didn't hear what I said, it's okay. We wrote it down so you can take it with you. Um, But uh, for you, maybe today is a time for you to ask God what he has for you being specific to the spiritual gifts he's given you. A few sermons ago, Derek uh, taught on the spiritual giftedness as a hallway. Maybe ask God a solitude, just one, one question, how do you want me to use my giftings, Lord? And then, this is the important part, sit and be quiet. Silently await the Spirit's reply. Or maybe if you're like me and you're going out on the solitude and silence, you'll you'll need to spend about five minutes of the time calming your mind and quieting your thoughts about the plans that you have for the day and the week ahead and all the creative ideas with the spaces that are all around this campus that are really cool and the indoor and outdoor spaces. Quieting that, quieting the distractions, surrendering your mind and your heart. Be still and await the Spirit's move. And if you're a parent, this is a gift. Your kids will still be in kids' church. Come here and pick them up at 11.15. Or they're just going to run around and wait. (laughs) But do come for your kids. Church family, let us go in silence. Let us find solitude and listen for the Spirit. Go. Go.